Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, March 1st, 2019. Only the two main shows this week, but Monday is promising to be a big one with not only Ric Flair's 70th birthday party, but also the return of Roman Reigns. So let's jump right in. We open with a video recap of Roman's goodbye a short five months ago. We then, of course, open with Roman Reigns. He's glad to be back, he loves us all, etc. His announcement is, of course, that he's in remission and that he's back. So step aside, Seth, it's time for the big dog to get his title back at WrestleMania. Of course, not that last part, but you know Vince is thinking it. Deep down, you know Vince is thinking it. Roman does his victory lap and speak of the devil. Here's Seth. We get a nice hug spot and Seth tries to steal Roman's pop as we go to break. Match number one, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus The Revival. During Alistair's entrance, we get a Goldman box vignette for Alistair, which really feels against type. I appreciate the effort, but I did not like the actual vignette. Same thing happens for Ricochet, but his gimmick is dude who does flippy shit, so it fits. The Revival attack out of nowhere at the end of Ricochet's entrance. Why... Why is this happening? Alistair pins Dawson after a black mass. Grade C. This was a glorified squash by a non-team on the Raw Tag Team Champions. Welcome back, hashtag fuck the revival. You haven't been missed. Backstage, Charlie is talking to Corbin. She asks if he cares that Roman's back. He does not. Meanwhile, there's a fake red carpet for Ric Flair's birthday party. Elias Elias plays a chord and we go to break. Snoop Dogg says happy birthday to Ric Flair. Elias then plays the chord again and is then interrupted by Lacey Evans, who does nothing. Yet again. Then Dean Ambrose shows up. He issues a challenge to Drew McIntyre for a rematch from last week, but this time it's no disqualification. Elias then plays his song anyway, or at least tries to, but Dean keeps talking. He eventually tries to hit Dean with the guitar, but Dean ducks and hits Dirty Deeds. Then the Air Raid Sirens come back? weird then the riot squad shows up and we go to break the fuck was that entire segment for negative points match number two the riot squad versus queefer badness logan and ruby representing the squad tonight ronda starts the match on the outside with a goofy ass smile on her face and then tags in with a goofy ass smile on her face i will give her credit she did the clothesline forward roll thing and it actually looked like one smooth motion tonight as opposed to two separate thoughts as jeff and i have complained about in the past You would think that the silver studs on Natty's outfit would cause more damage to her opponents. Ronda nearly wins with a weak-looking climbing knee to the face, but Ruby makes the save. Piper's pit, then Becky appears. At least a security guard makes a pathetic attempt at stopping Becky tonight. She KOs Natty, who tries to talk some sense into her, and that's a DQ victory for the squad. Grade B. I mean, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Chaos ensues as Rhonda spastically tries to get Becky, and Becky gets taken away by police. When we come back, they're still helping Natty to the back. Rhonda heads back to the ring. This should be good. She screams for Vince. She gets Stephanie instead. She begs for Becky's reinstatement. Steph says no. Rhonda continues to beg. She brings her family into it. Steph still says no, so Rhonda gets all grumpy screamy. Rhonda then monologizes. It's kind of painful. She leaves the title in the ring and walks off because she didn't get her way. Stone Cold then wishes Flair a happy birthday via FaceTime. Backstage, Hunter and Steph look confused while holding the Raw women's title. Jinder Mahal is in the ring. He says heal things. His challenge is accepted by Kurt Angle. Why? Match number three, Jinder Mahal versus Kurt Angle. Mahal taps to the ankle lock. Grade D for Dear God Why. 
After the match, Angle Germans both sing brothers enter Alexa Bliss. Apparently it's time for a moment of bliss with special guest Finn Balor, but first, commercials. Alexa hits on Finn, then Leo cockblocks. Leo then challenges Finn to an intercontinental title match since Bobby is busy getting ready for Strowman. Finn makes fun of Leo for trying to suck up to Bobby and then accepts the challenge. Match number four, intercontinental title, Finn Balor versus Leo Rush. We get a pretty direct shot of Finn telling the referee, no, I'm just selling after teasing a knee injury following a flurry of offense from Leo. They play up the knee the entire time. Despite this, he still finishes Leo off with the coup de grace. Sure. Grade? B. Decent. We finally see 1916 again, even if it's only mentioned in passing by Corey during replays, and thankfully, Leo didn't win the belt. Backstage, the Ascension make fun of Otis to Tucker. It's pretty bad. Otis phases through a wall and makes grunty noises. It didn't improve. We get a recap of Roman's health, and then Bobby berates Leo in Gorilla. I think this might be the first time we actually see the last curtain before the arena, and not just the big box where Vince sits. Match number five, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. Bobby attacks before the bell and stays on offense for a while until Braun decides to make his comeback. Braun tackles them both, and then his theme song plays. I I guess this wasn't a match after all. Backstage, Seth is happy that Roman's back, and they're going to party. Meanwhile, Ric Flair shows up fashionably late for his own goddamn birthday party. We see Flair, and then after the break, we get a recap of The Man. Hmm. 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 Match number five, Drew McIntyre versus Dean Ambrose. No disqualification. I will admit that I laughed when Dean removed his belt to whip McIntyre with it, and it was immediately pointed out that he was still wearing a belt. Drew goes at Dean with these steps, and Renee yells, Move! Just as Dean hits a drop toe hold and sends Drew's head about six inches from actually connecting with the steps, then Elias runs out to hit Dean with a guitar as payback for the interruption earlier. Drew hits a claymore and pins Dean for three. Grade B. Hard hitting in spots, but ultimately uneventful. It was a match. Then Baron and Bobby appear. Elias joins them as they enter the ring. Elias, who was feuding with Baron a month ago. Seth comes out with a chair. He is joined by Roman, and the crowd explodes. I got goosebumps. I admit, I'll give bonus points for that. It was definitely a moment. Seth and Roman take out the heels, but leave Dean in the ring. Match number six, Bailey versus Nia Jax. Bailey pins Nia. Hooray. Grade C. It wasn't awful. Bailey brings it up a little bit, but I wasn't interested in it. That's for damn sure. And now it's time for Ric Flair's birthday party. There's a cake and something awfully belt-shaped under a blue swatch of fabric on a table. Hunter reminds us that every uh, Hunter reminds us of everything that's happened tonight and says it pales in comparison to the fact that it's Ric Flair's birthday. Way to oversell your product, dipshit. Hunter brings out Sean, who has hair again. Steph brings out Steamboat. Braun has changed into street clothes. Finn is still in his wrestling gear. Weird. Steph then brings out Kurt Angle, who has also changed. Then Sting comes out, and Hunter sends us to a video. Speaking of which, where the fuck is Charlotte? I look at my clock and realize we have five minutes left before the heart out at 11, so they better not give anyone else a microphone. Shockingly, the belt-shaped object under a cloth is a special commemorative World Heavyweight Championship with side plates listing the dates of all 16 of Flair's title reigns. That was nice. It is 10.57 and Ric Flair's theme song plays, and there's no Flair. Instead, we get a shot of Batista dragging a cameraman to Ric Flair's dressing room door and telling him not to move. Batista drags the corpse of Ric Flair into an open area and then yells at us. Hunter runs to the back, and we have agents checking on flair hunter yells for a doctor who you'd think would be the first one there and we go off the air bonus points for that unexpected cameo overall grade for raw b minus not as bad as it felt but i suppose when one of your matches isn't actually a match that kind of helps things a little bit moving on to smackdown will batista murder anyone else we open with Brian, Rowan, Shane, Stephanie, and a desk in the ring nice that the wwe champion gets a jobber entrance for the contract signing that opens the show 
Shane then calls Kofi an overnight success over the last 11 years. That, did, did you think about that sentence at all before it left your mouth? They go through a series of career highlights. Then Stephanie tells us that Kofi's performance in the gauntlet match earned him a spot in the Elimination Chamber, which is also incorrect. Kofi gives a nice speech and promises to become WWE champion at Fastlane. Daniel signs the contract, and just before Kofi can put pen to paper, Vince appears to fuck everything up again. Why Kofi couldn't have just signed the contract while Vince's music was playing, Lord knows. But anyway, Vince fucks it all up by naming Kevin Owens as Daniel's opponent at Fastlane instead of Kofi. He comes out and signs the contract without a word while the New Day scream at Shane and Stephanie. Again, Kofi had a good five minutes to sign the contract there while Vince was talking and Kevin was entering. We come back. Kevin and the McMahon kids are backstage. He asks for a tag match with Kofi against Daniel and Rowan later on tonight. He starts off as a heel, saying Vince was obviously right to replace Kofi with him, and then goes face, calling Kofi just as deserving as he is. I am still confused. Match number one, The Bar versus The Hardy Boys. Speaking of absolutely random, it's The Hardy Boys. Hardy's win with a swanton bomb. Great. See, they did all the Hardy Boys things, but it felt a step slow. This felt unnecessary. Backstage, Ricochet and Aldosterone Black. That's a very strange autocorrect. Thank you, iPhone. Alistair Black are interrupted by Lana, who's only about 10% Russian tonight. This is also unnecessary. Our truth enters as we go to break. They announce a honky going into the Hall of Fame, and then the U.S. title open challenge. But first, a dance break. Negative points. Match number two, R-Truth versus Andrade. Nope, cancel that. Match number two, R-Truth versus Rey Mysterio. Nope, cancel that. Match number two, R-Truth versus Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. As we go to break, Andrade counters a baseball, counters the baseball slide splash that Rey was attempting to hit on Truth by just drop-kicking Rey out of the air. Nice. We come back to Rey hitting a Doomsday Hurricane Rana on Andrade. Also nice. Truth rolls up Rey following a 619 on Andrade and retains his title. Grade B. Very smart to keep Truth out of most of the match. I just wish he hadn't won. Andrade tries to take out Rey after the match, but fails. Phillips then says that without the knowledge of Shane and Steph, Kevin requested the tag match from Kofi against Brian and Rowan tonight. Dude, Kevin requested that from Shane and Steph. We recap the opening segment and then enter Charlotte and a replay of Rhonda begging Stephanie from last night. Charlotte talks herself up. Her teeth look extra fake tonight. Charlotte uses Rhonda's words against her and promises to be at Raw next Monday to receive her title. Match number three, Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Rusev de Nakamura. At one point during this match, Corey mentions that the Usos will face McMiz at, Ma- at Fastlane for the SmackDown Tag Titles and says, you know these two teams would love to win here and use that momentum heading maybe towards a title match at WrestleMania. Except that... Ricochet and Black aren't a tag team. And neither are Rusev and Nakamura. Alistair pins Rusev with a black mask. Great. See, this wasn't much of anything. Alistair did his thing. Ricochet did his thing. By the way, did you know that Ricochet is from Paducah? Backstage, Kayla is with AJ Styles. Randy questions him, and that's it. Then Lacey Evans walks to the end of the ramp and back. Then we get Roman Reigns' uh, leukemia callback again. Match number four, Kofi and Owens versus Brian and Rowan. They play up tensions between Owens and Kofi, obviously each trying to show the other that they should be in the title match instead. Kofi gets locked in the label lock but makes it to the ropes. Later on, he stage dives off the top of the ring post onto Rowan on the outside. And then Kevin stunners Daniel and pins him for three. Grade A. This was quite a bit of fun, and it's great to see Kevin Owens back. Overall grade for SmackDown, C+. They treaded a lot of water tonight. Other than the Kofi Kingston-Kevin Owens announcement, they didn't do anything new for any other storylines. Charlotte is still a bitch, the U.S. title still exists, and four non-tag teams fought in two tag team matches. 
Overall grade for the week, B-. minus. For the first time in a while, Raw is actually the better show this week, which is kind of sad. Oh, well. That's it for me for this week. Next week is the go-home week for Fastlane, so expect nothing much to happen there either. But I will be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Grade. Blurch.